0: my heart for this series is that you to understand the vision of the church that God planted you in along with that's, that's, a, that's a percentage but the majority is to, for you to be taught about vision, about purpose so that you can discover God's purpose for your life so that you will know this function of your heart which is vision that God has given you so that you can see your purpose. It changes everything in your life. So we're going to do a lot of teaching along these lines. I want to do a little bit of review, and then we'll just get right into it. You guys ready? Hallelujah. Habakkuk chapter 2. I'm just going to start in verse 2, because this is when God answered him. And he said, and the Lord answered me and said... Write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that reads it. And here's the thing we've taught this so much that you make the vision very plain, you write it out, right? So that while you're running, you can read it. But the emphasis in the Hebrew language is really clear as you write it out and you keep it before you, it causes you to run. So vision will literally propel your life. This is why the enemy, in our day and age, we have more access to God's word than any other, uh, any other generation in the church. And yet most people are completely illiterate to what God's Word says, to who God is. They probably wouldn't know the Holy Spirit if he walked into the room with a big yellow shirt that says, I'm the Holy Spirit. Right? I don't know about you, but I, it's a flow to me. There's always a flow, and it's him in my life. And he wants you to know him and know how to walk with him. And so... The reason why so much illiteracy in the body of Christ is because we spend so little time meditating in his word. The Bible is a book that you have to meditate in it so that you can renew your mind to the word of God so that you can grow spiritually. So in school, we learn things. But as we walk with God... See, you don't just learn this. You discern it. Oh, you could learn this, and you could quote this cover to cover and not know anything about the author. But God, through his Spirit, brings discernment. So he's telling us, write the vision and make it plain. Now, for us as a New Testament believer, you've got to understand That God's plan for your life he says you can't see it and it's never even entered into your mind the incredible things that God has for you because you love him so the only way for us to write it is he's got to show it to us in other words as a New Testament believer we are completely dependent upon him and hence This is why man was created. We are a created being in the image and likeness of God. And as the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are the three individuals who are one, we, as God's child, are one with Him. We're not made to do it alone. So God's purpose for your life you won't ever do things for yourself or by yourself. So much of what you get spiritually, you'll get with other people. Which, you know, our nature, the nature of our flesh is to wanna do it ourselves. But God hasn't called you on this earth to live a nice little natural life and pay your bills and have a nice retirement and go on some nice vacations and all. No, no. No, you're here on assignment. You're an eternal being. And in a very short period of time, if you live out all your days, the Bible calls your whole life a vapor. But you're here on an assignment. And that assignment is to be the mouth and the hands of Jesus in this earth, to be light in this world. And God wants you blessed. To be honest with you, that's a big part of your witness. He wants to hold you up to the world and show In the Old Covenant, when they would walk in the blessing of God, it says all the nations of the earth would call them blessed. So many times now, when you hold up the church, the world goes, and all the nations of the world call the church judgmental. It's because we don't know who we are, because we don't know who he is. But all that's changing, because in this New Testament scripture that says that we can't see this plan... Right in the next verse it says, but the Spirit of God reveals it to us. There's no such thing as blind faith. To be honest with you, faith is when you truly see. To walk by sight is to be blind in this world. To walk by faith is when you really see. It's the difference between seeing how things seem. When you walk by faith, you see how things really are. So he goes on to say, in verse 3, he says, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. Do you know the vision that God has for your life? It's for an appointed time. And that appointed time is right now. It's for while you're on this earth. And you're to yield all your fruit in your season on this earth. And God wants to do incredible things. He wants you to live to, or to leave an eternal footprint in your time period of human history that will literally be talked about throughout all eternity so don't get caught up in your career and what you do and in your own life don't allow your life to be wasted with idle conversation don't spend 20 hours a week on Facebook 20 hours a week sitting in your chair playing video games because you're wasting your life If you'll put him first and you like video games, guess what? You'll actually enjoy them more because he will orchestrate that. If you like Facebook, guess what? You'll enjoy it more because you won't be violating your heart. Right? We are here. We're we're fruit-bearing individuals. If you get quiet and you're ever going through something, there's something down on the inside of you that wants to dominate the world. And that's God. Right? He, you're not made to be under. You're made only to be over. It says, For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. And we said this before, that vision is a gift from God to you and I. God has given you vision. It's a function of your spirit or we say, of your heart. It's literally a function of your heart that causes you to see the purpose that God has for you. Without it, you would never be able to see that purpose. So, to give you an idea, we said this, vision is a function of your heart in the same way that sight is a function of your eyes. Does that make sense? So, very simply, I said this last time we were together. Vision sets you free as a child of God from the limitations of living with just what you see in the natural. And it allows you to see beyond this natural you see into the invisible, into God's plan for your life. And what that does is it leads you into freedom. Because the plan that God has for you is really way, way higher than you could ever come up with. It's amazing. It's amazing. As you get to know God, you'll believe that. You'll believe that. Vision, in other words, it makes the unseen visible and it makes the unknown possible. This is the walk of faith. In Proverbs twenty-nine, eighteen. We went through this scripture last time. Proverbs 29, 18, at the first half of that verse, it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. See, vision will motivate you and inspire you. Oh, following God is not a task-oriented deal. it's, It's exciting, it's fresh. Everything with God is fresh. If it's not fresh in your life, it's because you're living out of your flesh. But if you'll live out of your spirit, everything is exciting with God. Vision will motivate you, it inspires you. Where there is no vision, the people perish. The amplified version of that verse says this where there is no vision, and then it gives us this Greek, or I'm sorry, this Hebrew definition. Of this, uh, par- they call it a parenthetical definition. What, where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God. In the redemptive revelation of God is God's plan for your life, is God's purpose for you. And realize this: the enemy will try to tell you you're just common. God loves all everybody. You're just one of this group. Yeah, He loves you. The Holy Spirit wants to speak things to you that he'll never talk to any other human being who's ever lived or who will ever live because you're one of a kind. It's amazing. As you get to know God, you get to know you. It's so sad when believers will walk through life and they don't know their own identity. We know from the ministry of Jesus, when he was tempted the first thing that Satan said to you, or said to him was, if you be the son of God. He came against Jesus' identity. God wants you to know who you are. Everything about your relationship with him will tell you who you are in him. It's wonderful. He always lifts you up. Where there is not vision, no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. The New, New Living Translation says it this way, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. I mean, we all know exactly what that means because have you ever not accepted divine guidance? Have you ever, you know, you just you knew you were supposed to go a certain way, but you didn't? Violated your heart? It literally, it puts you in an environment that's no good. It goes on to say in the message paraphrase, it says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. And that's what going your own way, that's what going wild means. You stumble all over yourself and what happens, and this is is what happens to individuals. You get out of high school, you're 18 years old, Man, you've got forever. You don't think about it really anything. You think you know everything, but you really don't know anything. Right? You know? I remember my stepdad when I turned 25, he goes, So what do you think about being 25? I go, wow. I go, I'm finally old enough to realize that I don't know anything. <laughs> right? So so then what happens though is now from the time you're 18 until the time even 25, 27, 28, 30 years old, you blink and you're that old. But what happens all of a sudden is then you hit 28. And all of a sudden the enemy will start talking to you going, oh man, you know, your life is, you're behind, you're getting behind. And he'll start just doing all this stuff and see what happens. Or things are going great and you're like, oh man, I got my whole life. You, inside of you, you know that there's a plan. You know that there's something. But because you're not fixing your eyes on Jesus, you're, you're going by your own desires. And you're kind of like, but you know what? I want to do this, but i got plenty of time to serve God. And then all of a sudden, it's really weird. People are having your 40th birthday party. And you're like, wait a minute. I just got out of high school about a week ago right? But then what happens is then you blink and you're 60, right? And then the enemy's all over you. Well, you've missed it. Even though the word of God says the path of the righteous is one of increase, guess what? When you turn 60, guess what that year means? Increase. Guess what happens when you turn 80? Guess what that year is to be in your life? Increase. so we see it's all you got to be real careful when you don't see with the eyes of your spirit because when you when you're looking through natural eyes your life will pass you by and all of a sudden you're going to stand before the lord and you're and the minute you stand before him you're going to be like oh man i live for myself So I want to encourage you. This is why we teach these things. Because here's the thing. I don't care if you're in your 60s, 70s, and 80s. It's not too late. Because he redeems the time. If you'll turn to him and put him first, it'll change everything in your life. The danger with wasting time is that you won't turn to him. That's the danger. You need to to be where where he's leading you to be. You need to do what he's leading you to do because he created your plan specifically for you. And he's given us vision to see it. The literal translation in the Hebrew language of this verse would be where there is no revelation of the future. The people will throw off self-control Personal discipline and restraint. Because they throw off self-control, they don't have self-control now. So now things start happening in their life. And they throw off personal discipline. So what happens, because on the inside, God has something great for them to do in the earth, but on the outside, It's not looking that great. And people will get on YouTube and watch successful people. And they'll see, wow, this guy and this girl has done this and that. And and they're just, and, and oh man, I'm gonna do this in life and I'm gonna do that in life. And they spend all of their time dreaming about what they want and they spend none of their time planning how to do it and what they don't know from that youtube video is the person that's actually done it spent all their time planning to do it or the majority of their time instead of just fantasizing about what they want and we go to a movie and we see somebody i mean it's amazing you watch a hallmark movie you know somebody (laughs) dies it's usually a parent which i'm not i don't know how i feel about that so, you know, somebody dies, and then, but, but man, in the last five minutes of the movie, within an hour and 23 minutes of a Hallmark movie, along with another 400 minutes of commercials, <laughs> right? We know they're going to be in love, everything's going to be cool, they're going to have a great life. We go to a movie theater, we see in two hours, everything turn around, and then we wonder, man, you know, I've been waiting, I, I thought I'd be a multi-millionaire by the time I was 21. What's going on? Right? And God's like, relax. Put your eyes on me, and I've got a plan for your life that'll take you places you never dreamed going. Amen? I hope you believe that. I believe you do. We said this, that vision literally determines your destiny in life. No vision, it's impossible for you to walk out the destiny that God has for you. Why? Because for us as Christians, all of us, Literally, my future is not in front of me. It's within me. And my spirit is meant to be the soil that the Word of God is planted in, and I grow everything that I'll see on the outside of my life. Our future lies within us. We said this, that your life is not a divine experiment. God is not doing things or allowing things to teach you, to see where your faith is. That's all religion that says that. It's not in the Bible. God has a plan and a purpose for your life, and it's for you to make an impact on your generation eternally. Eternally. Vision, in other words, is the key to fulfilling your life's purpose. And, oh, he has a purpose for you. You know, I was telling somebody the other day, In the 80s, there was this Christian artist. His name was Steve Camp. And I really liked this guy. And he was talking. I thought, I was telling a person's mother, but it was his grandmother. Because she was way up in age. She was in her 80s. And she was praying one day, very godly woman. And the Lord spoke to her and says, I have a ministry that I want you to start. I think think she was 86. I'm not sure, but that, that number's coming up in me. But I know she was in her 80s. And so... The Lord told her, I want you to go to the courthouse in the city you live in. And outside this one courtroom, there's a bench. And I want you to sit there with your Bible. And I'm going to send people to, to you to minister to. And so what it was, it was a divorce court. And it's where couples would go after they've already went through everything. They would go before a judge and have their divorce finalized. And so she went and just sat there with her Bible. And pretty soon, she'd start talking, somebody'd start talking to her, she'd start talking to them. Pretty soon, the other person that, that, you know, a lot of times they hate each other, they both end up talking to her, and before their court time was appointed to go in, they're getting saved, they're deciding, you know what, we're going to work this out, we're not going to go through with this. And that was a ministry that was birthed at 86 years old, or whatever, in her 80s. See, we just don't know what God's going to have you do on the earth, but we know it's everything that he has you do will connect with everything that you are vision and is really the key it's the key so god has placed within each believer a vision a personal vision that is designed to give you your purpose it literally will give you, it'll, it'll draw it out of your spirit and show, show you every step of the way the purpose and the plan that God has for you. This is why we have to teach on this because it's so important. Every middle schooler, by the time they hit middle school, needs to start learning about vision because I gotta tell you, When everybody hits three or four years old, the enemy's already lying to them. So we need to give them truth. Vision enables you to see beyond your eyes so that you can live for the unseen. We call that the walk of faith. And then we said this. We said where there is no vision, there is no hope. Where there is no hope, there is no faith. And where there is no faith, there is no substance and meaning of life. So it all gets back to vision. I'll say that again. Where there's no vision, there's no hope. Right? Where there's no hope, there's no faith. And where there's no faith, there's no substance and meaning of li- meaning to life. God wants you to enjoy your life. Because, listen, you're going to face some battles in life. Tests, trials, and pressures. There's going to be lions, bears, Goliaths. You're going to walk through waters, raging rivers. You're going to walk through fire. Not if. The Bible says when. There's going to be wind and rain and floods. And all of these things are designed by the enemy to take your eyes off Jesus so that he can separate you from your faith so that you live on this earth under and not above. But you don't have to because the greater one lives on the inside of you. You've already, see, he'll try to get you trying to be successful when you're already successful. You are a success So now everything in your life has to come in line with that. You're not the sick trying to get healed. You're the healed, right? When did he heal you? 2,000 years ago. So you're the healed, so now all sickness has to leave your body. You already are prosperous, so now all lack and poverty has to leave your life. Instead of being... A carnal, unscriptural Christian where you're begging God to help you physically, help you financially, and hope you do. No, 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 he's already done it. It's a matter of you receiving it now. And God will give you a vision so that you can see the unseen. It's more real than the seen. Hallelujah. You know, I teach on these things. You have to renew your mind to them. This would be a good, good message to listen to about 10 times. Right? God has given us birth for a purpose. And we see that purpose through faith. Isn't that awesome? And how does faith come? Only one way. By hearing his word. As it echoes and resounds in your spirit. Because the Holy Spirit has etched it on your spirit man. It's wonderful. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 is a scripture that the prophet jeremiah prophesied over israel when they were in captivity and he says this for i know the thoughts that i think towards you saith the lord this is jeremiah 29 11. it says he says this thoughts of peace and not evil to give you an expected end as we break this down, where you see the word thoughts, it's literally in the Hebrew language, it's the word purpose. If you want to read it literally, it would read like this For I know the plans and the purposes that I purpose towards you, saith the Lord. Plans and purposes of peace and not of evil to give you an end of expectation the thing that you long for god wants to give you the thing that you've lo- that you long for psalm 91:16 says with long life will i satisfy him and show him my salvation isn't that good news god loves you today but here's the thing frustration inner turmoil manifests when you don't know how to bring God's plan and purpose to pass in your life. That's why so many Christians are frustrated. That's why so many Christians it's so funny. You'll meet meet two people. I've had two contractors come do work. One of them will literally go, oh, so you're a pastor. Oh, I go to this church. And, the, and I'm talking to the person, you can see the other guy standing there, does not know God, doesn't want to know God, doesn't want anything to do with the Lord. The Christian's usually the rude one. The non-believer is usually pretty nice. Why is that? Well, many times... The Christian is is the guy that's got the enemy lying to him and he's got a tremendous amount of inner turmoil within him and frustration because he doesn't know why he's here. And that's why he looks like the world because he doesn't know who he is or doesn't know why he's here. So can we do this? Can we just give our brothers and sisters a break? There's a reason why Jesus said, Guys, I am commanding you. I'm about to leave the earth. Forget the Old Testament. A new commandment I'm giving you. Love one another the way I love you. Well, when I think about that, of how Jesus has had to love me. Wow. Right? I often think about, when I get to heaven, when I meet Paul, man, I'm going to shake the guy's hand, probably pull him into myself, give him a hug, because that's what I do. And I'm just going to go, thank you. I'm so glad I was not you. Right? I'm just, I'm so thankful that I never pastored the church at Corinth. Right? I mean, Faith Family Church is a lot like the Philippian Church. It's it's awesome. But, you know, send somebody else to Corinth. Because, wow. Right? Can't even preach because guys are, could you imagine? Guys are jumping up and, trying to act all spiritual this person has a tongue and the other one jumps up and goes oh yeah you think you're spiritual in this pretty soon i'm like going okay guys what what the heck here you know take communion back then they would use real wine people are getting plastered in communion could you imagine that no thanks i'm so glad that's why we use grape juice we just take that out of the equation right (laughs) we've had people come and go out to their cars and come back in you know i grew up in an alcoholic home i could see somebody who's a little under the influence 800 miles away, right? Usually I could see them when they haven't even drank anything. There's just, there's just something. But, um, you know, we've had some of that, but we've never had somebody sitting here with a bottle of Jack Daniels during the service just going, yeah, pastor, you know. <laughs> but get ready. Because are you ready for some uncomfortable stuff? Yeah. I hope so, because we're living at the end of the church age. So we're going to have some pretty incredibly scary maybe looking people, some different looking people, and you'll sit there and you'll love them because you'll be like, yeah, that's just another variation of the way I was. Right? And we'll love them unconditionally and help them grow up and find out who they are. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that what Jesus does? But it all starts here, guys. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 says this. It's real interesting. Philippians 2, 12, it says wherefore my beloved as you have always obeyed not as in my presence only isn't the f- church at philippi awesome not as in my presence only but now much more in my absence look at what he tells them to do see paul could speak things to this philippian church that he couldn't speak to other churches because they were carnal but look at what he said he said work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. In other words, you don't try to work out anybody else's salvation, right? I'm your pastor. I actually actually watch over your soul. I'm anointed to love you and teach you. I am not anointed to tell you what to do. I'm not anointed to tell you how to live, right? Right? To be honest with you, if somebody comes up to me and says, well, what you know, what do you think about this lifestyle or that lifestyle? And I, my answer is I don't. I think about reaching people for Christ and helping them grow up. I'm not moved by where they are. I'm so glad God wasn't moved by where I was. If God could get some things over to me, man, I know what long-suffering is. Right? I'm sure Satan has some wonderful notes. He's like, wow, I've been living and deceiving people forever, but I've never seen anybody do something this stupid. We've got to write that down. That's awesome. <laughs> and God's like, I still have a plan for him. He's going to get it right. I've got to grow up this girl in Fairfield, Iowa, that's going to have to marry him so that he could actually step into the plan of God and walk in it. Wait till you see her mansion in heaven. We're living there. <laughs> Amen? Amen. <laughs> We're living there. Amen. Yeah. But it says here, work out your own salvation with a reverence and an honor and a respect for God. Verse 13, for it is God that works in you. That that word worketh literally means he energizes the inside of you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. This word pleasure is the Greek word that means purpose. You would read, or the, I'll just read it in the amplified version. It really brings out the Greek. It says in verse thirteen, it would read like this: "Not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you, energizing and creating in you the power and the desire both to will and to work for His good pleasure and satisfaction." So to walk in these things, we meditate in the Word of God. We roll it over and over and over. And what happens is the Word opens up on the inside of us. The Holy Spirit brings revelation. And now it washes over our mind as we speak it, and our life is transformed. But there is a negative side to meditation. If you look at natural things, and you start considering your circumstances and take your eyes off Jesus and start meditating on those things, it's called worry. And it creates fear, and it'll lead you to open doors so that Satan can steal, kill, kill and destroy. But you don't have to do it. If you keep your eyes on him, you'll keep all those doors shut. God made man. Always remember this. You are made to operate out of rest never toil and never stress we're made to operate out of rest faith is a rest oh the walk of a christian is not hard it's restful the walk of the transgressor that's hard because you weren't created to live that way always remember this the greatest expression of faith is always rest That's the greatest expression. So as we go down here, Hebrews chapter 12, let's look at this really quick because it tells us how to work out and how to walk out our life. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. We're going to read verse 1 through verse 3. In verse 1, it says this, Wherefore, seeing... See, when you have vision, you see things that we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. See, when you see that you're not alone and that you're in this company, you will do something. You will lay aside every weight. Right? Now, that, now, now for those of you who don't want to work out, that's not talking about lifting <laughs> weights. Right? Angela says amen. So, this, this means a, a weight or a hindrance. We're to lay aside... Weights are something that hinders your spiritual growth. The Bible says, lay aside those things that will hinder your spiritual growth. And the sin which does so easily beset us. This word beset us, it means that sin, it comes and it presses us on all sides for the purpose of entangling us so that we can't get out of it. It's always trying to do that. But God says you can lay it aside. You have the power to lay that sin aside. The power of that sin has been broken over your life. As we talked with the men uh, Saturday, in Colossians it talks about Jesus circumcised, he literally circumcised our spirit uh, from our flesh. So now we're not like the fallen Adam and Eve. Now my senses, my feelings, my flesh no longer dominate me. A person who's not a Christian, who doesn't have their heart circumcised, they're ruled by their feelings, their senses, and their flesh. But now as a Christian, you don't have to be. You can lay it aside. Isn't that good news? So it goes on to say here, and let us run with patience. This Greek word patience means endurance, It means single-mindedness. The race that is set before us. How do we run our race? First of all, you are in a race. Some people don't think so. Everybody's in a race. Some people aren't running, right? But you're still there. You're still in a race. We run it looking unto Jesus. Notice, not looking at the problem. Looking unto Jesus, who is the author, that means the initiator, and the finisher, this Greek word means the developer and the completer of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3, for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied. That means to be sick. And faint, that means to be exhausted in your mind. Have you ever been exhausted in your mind? See, the problem is, you try to figure stuff out in an unrenewed mind and you can't, right? So vision, let's jump back here, vision influences how you conduct your whole life. Our vision as a church, we've talked about that, reaching people, changing lives. We do everything through the filter of that. Every ministry, everything. Faith Family Church is always going to be a place where you will learn how to, how to walk in the love of God. You'll learn how to walk by the faith of God. You'll learn how to walk in the strength of God And you'll learn how to walk being led by the Spirit of God. And we do that by teaching the Word of God in an environment of the love of God where the Holy Spirit has first place and He can bring that revelation. Because He is always the teacher. So I want you to see this verse as we're coming to the end of this now. I want to talk a little bit about the church. Because here's the thing you're going to see. The Old Testament and, and you know Turn in your Bibles to uh, Psalm 92 We're going to read verse 12 Through verse 14 If you look and when you Talk about vision see the corporate World in, in the, the cor- in, in Secular corporation World they'll Teach vision and how that Your personal vision and purpose Needs to be attached to something Bigger Well it's a, They didn't come up with that That's Bible. So if you look at the children of Israel, they are a type, an example, and a pattern of of us going into the promised land and obtaining our spiritual inheritance. For them, they went across the Jordan and they went into the land of Canaan and obtained their physical inheritance. There's not one example, not one, of anyone going and going across the Jordan and obtaining their inheritance by themselves. Everyone went in with what the Bible says, their company. Guess what even the church was called? The early church was called a company. You're not going to obtain your spiritual inheritance alone. Well, my pastors, Kenneth Copeland and I just sit at home. Okay, great. But you're not going to obtain your inheritance that way. You're going you're to see somebody who has maybe a lot of head knowledge, but is not walking in anything. <laughs> there might be a lot of people online right now going, that's ridiculous, you know, whatever. <laughs> okay, that's fine, whatever. But the Bible is real clear. Oh, you're just saying that because you're a pastor. yes. Yeah, but I'm saying that because the Bible says that. So they went in with their company. They fought every battle with their company. They won every victory with their company. And then they obtained their inheritance. And some of them would be shepherds. Some of them would start businesses. Some of them would be farmers. And then what would happen is all their individual, as they walked out, their individual purpose, it all benefited their tribe it's the way it always worked so if you look at psalm 92 you got did you find it yet psalm 92 12 it says the righteous now who are the righteous new testament that's us right so the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree wow do we all need to see palm trees right now right i mean think about a palm tree They just just have this breeze flowing through them. They have an ocean view many times. They just flourish, right? I better get back to this. And it says, though, they shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Strong and massive. The righteous, this this is God's plan for the righteous. Look at verse 13. Those that be planted... The Hebrew word planted literally means to plant and cultivate so that growth happens. Notice it doesn't say those that plant themselves. It says those that be planted. God, Jesus, the head of the church, desires to plant every believer in a local church. The reason why God would plant you in this local church is because the vision that he has for this local body needs the gifts that that he's placed within you so this vision could move forward. And you need this local church so that you could flourish and grow strong. Every message that I teach that's how come for me, I have to submit because you don't want to hear anything from me. That's not going to help you grow. It's going to be you hearing from your pastor that's feeding you as the Holy Spirit leads him and then he trusts the Holy Spirit to anoint it because without that, we're not learning anything anyway. Right? So this is how this works. You don't plant yourself, you let him plant you. We really have to reiterate that because in in a charismatic church. It's hilarious. Every person is one God told me away from doing whatever they want to do. And that's bad. There's many people that are just literally, you know, I'm too tired to go to church today. I I just don't want to. Where does all that come? You know where all that comes from? Because they're bad Christians? No. They don't know who they are. They don't know God's purpose in their life. And they have no vision to see it. Right? The people that sit in churches. To, to, you know, I come to church on Sunday because, you know, I just, I, I need to feel good about myself. But if you don't have ears to hear, it's the same thing. You're not going to grow. But if you'll allow God to plant you, if you'll allow him to cultivate you, To prune you. Now our flesh doesn't like that. You'll start bearing fruit and it's wonderful. You know I love you. This doesn't build numbers according to the ark church planting system. And to that I say whatever, right? It says here, those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. This literally means they will grow up. They will break out. And they will break forth. For many of you, God wants you to break out of some things in your life so that you can break forth into some new things in your life. That could be new businesses, new ideas, new ministries, new I mean, all kinds of stuff. Break out of sickness and break forth into vibrant divine health and divine life. It says, those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat. Amen. Now, let's, we need to define this word fat. <laughs> right? It means prosperous. It means rich. It doesn't mean inflated fat cells. Right, and it says and they'll be flourishing that literally means to flourish and to be full of vibrant life without vision you'll have no values to guide your life you'll have no sense of direction activities that you do will have no meaning Time will have no purpose, so you'll waste it. And resources will have no application, so you'll waste that. That's what happens. So let me, as we kind of close here, let me share with you just a couple minutes the difference between purpose and vision. Purpose is the intent for which God created you. It's the reason why you're here. God has a specific purpose for your life. Vision allows you to see it in your heart so that you can begin to imagine it. Your imagination, it's how God built your mind. God gives you vision. It's part—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a function of your heart so you can see your purpose so that now in your mind, you can start imagining yourself doing it god wants you see here's the way here's the way our minds are made are made all your behavior flows out of your imagination so satan wants to throw thoughts into your mind that are contrary to god's word because if he can get you to take those thoughts by speaking them you will start to form a vain imagination In your life. In other words, it's a movie where you start to see yourself living or doing something that's not in line with the Word of God. And then your behavior will come out of that. And as you walk in a wrong behavior, the enemy will cause circumstances, bring people in your life, and everything to keep that behavior going so that you build a stronghold or a prison in your mind, and then he takes you captive. That's the way it works. God wants you to see his purpose and plan for your life so that you have this movie going, this 8K movie going in your mind about yourself walking in the love of God, loving the unlovable, never being moved by anything but other than to love people, walking by the faith of God to where now I'm walking by the faith of God. I'm laying hold of everything He's already provided for me. Walking constantly in the strength of God. I'm I'm fixed. I'm immovable. Nothing moves me. I've dug deep and my house is founded upon the rock. And when the storms come, it doesn't even shake the house. Right? And also being so sensitive and at rest... So I follow that still, small voice, that leading of the Holy Spirit. What I just described is you. It's the real you. You have a pastor I've never walked in that before. Great, get excited. Because you don't have to figure out how to do this. You don't have to do The only thing, you have to be two things, willing and obedient. You don't have to know how to do it. Right? Like on Wednesdays, we're teaching people how to pray. For some reason, everybody thinks in church you get saved, you should just know how to pray. But nobody just knows how to pray. You have to learn how to pray. You just don't learn how to, you just don't walk by faith. You have to learn that. And the Holy Spirit will teach us all of it. So now, when you see your purpose, your vision will come to life. In other words, vision Gives you a glimpse of the future that God has for you. And that just, that's why you'll run when you see it. It, When you see, when, when you get a glimpse of your future, you start moving in that direction. You are created to move in the direction of what you see. This is why I can't work out anybody else's salvation, because Mark cannot move in the direction I tell him to move. He can only move in the direction that he sees. Does that that make sense? Purpose is the source of your vision. And vision is not our private view of the future, but the actual view of our future that is inspired by God. Vision won't show you what you think you want to do. Vision will show you your real purpose. Because see, many are the plans in a man's mind, but it's God's purposes in his heart that are going to prevail. And thank God for that, because we'll, we'll always shoot lower. We'll always miss it. Vision is what God wants us to contribute to building his kingdom in the earth. Ask yourself the question, Am, ha, this last week, have I done anything to build the kingdom of God? If the answer to that is no, then most likely you do not. You're not walking in vision. You're walking simply naturally. And look at your life. I mean, don't play church. Don't tell on your. Don't tell anybody else. It doesn't matter. We work out our own salvation, right? But look at your checkbook. You could tell if you're honoring God in your finances. Look at your relationships. You can tell if you're walking in forgiveness or not. Right? Just look at these things and then go to the Lord and say, okay, where do I start? Because here's God. He won't have you start on more than one area. He'll just say, okay, start here. Rest. Don't beat yourself up for anything and move on. Right? Sheep don't grow when they're beaten. They grow when they're fed. They grow in when they're at rest. They don't do good when they're freaked out. right? We have a good God. That, that scripture that I quoted was Proverbs 19:21. "Many plans are in a man's mind, but it's the Lord's purpose for him that will prevail." Ecclesiastes 3:14 says this: Ecclesiastes 3:14. I know that whatever God does, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it. So true vision is this. It's much more than mere interest. It will persist against anything that comes against it. True vision is completely unselfish its focus is always on others true vision will always build others up true vision is filled with compassion true vision will bring fulfillment see in order for you to be fulfilled true success is not what you accomplish in your life true success is are you doing what God has called you to do? That's true success. And true vision, it requires complete union with God. You don't walk this alone. You get it together. Isn't that good news? If you were to say, what did you just describe? This, you could put here, a true sermon for God should do the same thing. Notice that God doesn't ever beat you up. Notice even when God tells you you've got to make some changes that your flesh doesn't like, it still feels good. Because there's one thing about God that you need to know. He's not mad at you today. Now, if you're not, if you're not walking with him, he's displeased. Why? Why? Because he can't get anything over to your life. But he loves you. See, when God looks at your life right now, he looks at your potential as a finished thing, because, or he looks at your purpose as a finished thing because he's placed within you the potential to do it. So he already looks at it as it's done. He sees you in Christ. you know why? He doesn't see you in sin because you're in Christ. He doesn't see you in your sin because your sin's been removed. And see, now we don't work for salvation. We work out our salvation. Well, does that mean I could live any way I want? Well, not walk in the blessing of God. Right? Darn it. No, no. Thank you. Because the wages of sin is still death. So God will walk you out of that. See, I don't don't work out. I don't work for my salvation, I work out my salvation. I work out what he's working in, and oh, it's dripping in God's love for me, God's love for you. So be encouraged today. I want to encourage you. You know, what will happen is the Holy Spirit will start to show you things, and then he will segment your purpose and your vision. What, what that means is he'll show you some, some short-term and mid-range and long-term things. But one thing will stand out. It's the next step that you make. And remember, the key is he leads you by your spirit. The spirit of man, Proverbs 20:27, 20, is the lamp of the Lord. So what happens is the Holy Spirit opens up the Word of God on the inside of your spirit. Light comes out of the Word and it lights your spirit. And now that's how God will lead you. And that light from God's Word, Psalm 119, verse 105, will be a lamp to your feet. It'll tell you right where you are because you need to know, if you don't know where you are, (laughs) I have to use my daughter since she's here today. She's coming back from visiting Eric when he was at University of Nebraska. And she calls me up, which, you know, directionally, my wife is a living map. Me, I'm really good with up and down, everything else. She just has to believe God for me to find my way home every night. So it's one o'clock in the morning, or 12, I don't remember, it was late. And Sarah calls me up and she's like, they closed down the 80 freeway and you gotta help me get home. And I'm like, okay, okay. Where are you? I don't know. <laughs> now, thank God she figured it out. But you know, I couldn't tell her how to get home if I didn't know where she was. You won't know. If you, if you don't have vision, you, you don't even know where you're going. But if the word's not going off on the inside of you, you won't even know where you are. So you can't know where you're going. But it will lamp, be a lamp to your feet and then a light to your path. Amen.